This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 314. Four Tips for Raising Happy, Emotionally Healthy Children, part one, by Sandra Cooper with tinybuddha.com. Hi, I'm Joss Marie. Good day to you and welcome to my show. As you may know, I narrate relationship content five days a week, just like an audiobook. And we're always featuring new authors, so if you have any in mind, you can let us know right at oldpodcast.com. Today, I'm actually going to cover the first part of a parenting post from guest author Sandra Cooper that offers tips for raising emotionally healthy children. So with that, let's buckle on down and start optimizing your life. Four Tips for Raising Happy, Emotionally Healthy Children, Part 1, by Sandra Cooper with tinybuddha.com. Quote, Emotional intelligence begins to develop in the earliest years. All the small exchanges children have with their parents, teachers, and with each other carry emotional messages. Daniel Goleman I consider myself an expert on the emotional needs of children, mostly because I was one. No one goes into parenthood anticipating the ways they will psychologically damage their children. At least I don't think they do. I hope not. It's far more likely that most go into parenthood wanting the best for their children, hoping to do more for them than their own parents were able to do. So why is it that so many come out of childhood scathed in some way? My parents fed me and sheltered me. I learned how to take care of myself physically and to manage the tasks of adulthood. I was responsible and productive, yet I was far from happy and fulfilled. I did not come out of childhood feeling good about myself. I had no idea how to identify how I was feeling, let alone express it in ways that were not destructive in some way. I did not learn what a healthy relationship looked like with myself or others. Technologically and economically speaking, we have made tremendous strides in the last hundred years. It is actually pretty phenomenal if you take a minute to look at history. World wars, the Korean and Vietnam wars, took up resources and energy in the early to mid part of the 20th century, and everyone had to step up and out of their comfort zones to keep things going, within the family and within our country. There was tremendous change on a national level. The earlier part of those 100 years were often about survival for families. Putting food on the table and a roof over their heads was a priority. Everyone doing their part in managing household responsibilities was paramount. Disposable income and disposable time were luxuries. For the most part, that has all changed. Huge technological and economical advancement only left psychological and emotional growth lagging sorely behind. Does anyone find it strange that we spend 12 years or more in an education system which is supposed to prepare us for life, but no one teaches us how to navigate our own emotional world? 
We take classes for everything from learning to draw to playing an instrument to getting a medical degree or becoming an accountant to learning karate and gymnastics or learning to cook. Yet we get little to no education on our psychological and emotional health. We are completely caught up in and focused on our physical health, unaware that our emotional health, or lack thereof, plays out in our bodies every minute of every day. Why does mental health have a stigma and physical health does not? They are completely intertwined. If we were healthier emotionally, we would be healthier physically. I think most of us would agree that the world often looks like it is going crazy. People are dumping their pain all over others, rarely being accountable for themselves or recognizing there is another alternative. I know, I've been there. I've been dumped on and I've been the dumper. All you have to do is turn on the television or look at a video game or watch the news. Murder, mayhem in politics, addiction, domestic abuse, divorce and child abuse, bullying by parents at their children's sporting events, and adults having poor relationships with children. To know that adults are still trying to figure out how to navigate their own feelings and emotions. How then are we to teach our children how to be emotionally healthy when we live in a world that is so emotionally unhealthy? Emotionally healthy people do not need to oppress others. Emotionally healthy people do not hate others for their differences. They are more likely to see their similarities. Emotionally healthy people never think they are better than anyone else, for any reason. Emotionally healthy people know how to express themselves in life-giving ways and are rarely in abusive relationships or having affairs. They aren't lying, cheating, or abusing drugs or people. They are generally happy people. Becoming an emotionally healthy person is an ongoing journey and needs at least as much, if not more, attention as we give to our physical health. Reproduction often gets less thought and planning than a vacation. Raising children to be healthy, happy, productive, and loving adults becomes on-the-job training at its worst, since mistakes can be life-altering. So how do we help our children become the happy, healthy, productive, and loving adults most parents want them to be? First, stop denying your feelings. We are born open and perceptive. Kids pick up on all kinds of things that adults seem to miss. Most kids are naturally intuitive and inquisitive. Their environment will either nurture that experience or hinder it. What kids need is someone helping them to identify and articulate what they are experiencing. Feelings and emotions have a purpose. They communicate information to us that is necessary for the successful navigation of life. Unfortunately, there is often little tolerance of them unless they are happy and joyful. If we aren't being truthful about our own feelings and emotions, how can we teach our children to be truthful about theirs? The feelings we have are not the problem. What we do with them might be. Parents often erroneously think that they have to protect their children from their own emotions and feelings. It goes something like this. You, the parent, are feeling sad. Your child says, Are you sad, mommy or daddy? Mommy or daddy says, No, honey. Mommy or daddy's not sad. Your child is now confused. She or he knew what sad looked like and felt like, but they are now doubting themselves because, of course, they trust you know better. They also take in an unspoken message that says, We don't talk about our painful feelings and or some feelings are not okay to express. Acknowledging when your kids are right will nurture your child's natural intuitiveness and emotional intelligence. That will go a long way in contributing to their mental health, like exercise for the body contributes to physical health. I am not suggesting we dump our feelings on our kids, like we more often do with anger. I am suggesting we be more honest about our feelings. 
Reassuring them that we can handle our own feelings will relieve them of responsibility for how we feel, as well as communicate that they too can have and learn to tolerate their more difficult feelings. They will learn from what we do. If we blame our children for how we feel, you make me angry versus I feel angry when you fill in the blank. We will leave them with a lifetime of taking on responsibility for the feelings of others, while also learning to hold others responsible for how they feel. That has contributed to a large population of narcissistic people blaming everyone else for how they feel, unable to have any accountability. When that happens, we give the power we have to make ourselves happy away to those who can't. It's okay to express our feelings to our children in age-appropriate ways. It is also okay to ask them how they handle things when they feel sad or angry or scared. It is important to normalize all feelings without giving free reign for how they are expressed. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, Four Tips for Raising Happy, Emotionally Healthy Children by Sandra Cooper with tinybuddha.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sandra is enthusiastic about plunging the depths of the universe, and she believes that starts by plunging the depths of her own inner world. She also believes that healing and loving ourselves is the key to a joyful and free existence. So thank you so much to Tiny Buddha for letting us share Sandra's post with you today. As a mother, I always appreciate these insightful parenting posts and hope you do too. I'm also a big fan of new authors here on the show, so keep them coming, Justin and Lee. And remember, you can suggest ideas for new ones too right at oldpodcast.com. But with that, let's wrap it up. Thanks so much for joining me here. I hope you have a fabulous remainder to your day. And I'll plan to see you again tomorrow for part two of this post from Tiny Buddha, where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.